the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Intelligent. Conservative. The answer. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Justin Hart in for Andrea K. Of course, no. if I wore a dress, I'd look like one of these Sisters of the Indulgence, and you wouldn't want to see that. Believe you me. Our next guest coming up here is uh, Steve Carr. Steve has a, a very long, excellent resume. He's currently president of the Alliance Group, kind of a private equity group. But he's got a, a book to his name. He's got a former radio show to his name. This, uh, I think, is a great thinker, speaker, and guest. Welcome to the show, Steve. Justin, it is so good to be with you. Steve, where do you, uh, where do you hail from? Where do you find yourself today? I'm just up north in Orange County. Fantastic. Come on down. Well, actually, look, don't come down. The weather's not any better down here. But uh, it is May Gray. We hope to get over that. But get us some, some sunshine right now on our lives, on the world, on news. What is at the top of your mind and agenda? What are you thinking of as you wake up in the morning? Thanks, Justin. You know what? Even though I'm a watchman on the wall, so to speak, using biblical terms, Justin, I am actually excited, even in this day and age of descending darkness. And all we have to do is look at what's going on in Target, what's going on where men can declare themselves as women and compete with women and go into locker rooms and bathrooms, and it's become crazy. But there's a growing movement uh, in this country, Justin, where people are saying, hey, listen, the things that we've anticipated sometimes for decades that are coming down the road, coming down the road, coming down the road, well, they're not coming down the road anymore. They're here. And what are we doing as believers to not only survive it, but to actually to be proactive, to be aware of the situation, and to be able to give an answer for the faith that is in us in every area that life touches. And that's what we're doing. It's an exciting message in very troubling times, but we're not doom and gloomers. We serve the living Christ. He has the answers for us, just like he did our founding fathers in the 1700s. And we are implementing those solutions for anybody who wants to participate. Well, that's fair. You know, the, the, the latest polling surveys that have been done, especially of our youth, show that they are dramatically losing their faith in any sort of religion. Uh, and I think upwards, right, we're right on the teetering edge, Steve. I think it's just above 50% still believe in a god. Uh, and that's here in the United States. That's concerning, isn't it? Well, it's it's really concerning. And the saddest thing to me, Justin, 
is that when you ask the typical Christian today, you know, why do you believe? What is the basis of that? How does that tie into common sense? How does that tie into science? Our view is that biblical Christianity is totally based on science and common sense. For example, people who believe in evolution, I ask them, oh, you believe in evolution. Which theory of evolution do you believe in? And they'll usually say, well, the Big Bang Theory. I said, really? That's not very scientific. Now, if you consider red galaxies, which are moving away from us, and blue galaxies, which are moving toward us, if you're going to believe in evolution, wouldn't it be more logical to believe in the oscillating universe theory? See, my problem is I don't have that much faith. I cannot stretch it that much. I don't see any half dogs, half horses running around my neighborhood. <laughs> I don't see any uh, fish becoming birds. So science, you, you, it's something you can see, and it's something that's replicable. None of that's the case. So what's happened is because, Justin, we haven't really discipled our young people, our grandkids, etc., we are being taken over by secularism, and we're trying to Christianize secularism rather than having an answer for our faith and being prepared for what's coming and turning it around. People want science. They want logic. Biblical Christianity is 100% in line with all of that. And with us, we are, again, proactive in every area of life. We know what's coming. We know what's here. And we're prepared. And so as Watchmen on the Wall... We are teaming up with a growing number of people who are forming community together, who are, one, aware of what's going to accept it, and number three, have an action plan about what to do with it. And I'll just finish with this thought. Janice and I were just in the Netherlands last summer, along with a number of other European countries, and we had a chance to go to the Anne Frank home. Otto Frank, her father, was pleaded with by his mother to go to Switzerland rather than to the Netherlands. He allowed money, business, to get in the way of doing what he knew in his heart was the right thing to do. Can you imagine, Justin, being a dad and watching your wife and your kids taken away and he never saw them again? I can't imagine that. We have an opportunity to understand what's coming here, we can love our enemies, we can pray, we can share, but we need to take care of the household of faith first, first and stand together in truth and be ready for what's happening so that we can bless people rather than be afraid. Now, the rapport of the churches right now is in a little bit of disarray. I think there's some very strong stalwarts. There's some great pillars that you can count on. But, you know, if I go, if I go across the way to, uh, you know, a, a sort of hip Christian service here, I got the drums playing, I got the guitar streaming, and I got someone who's closing their eyes uh, while they're singing. And sometimes it can be very good, and sometimes it can be hit or miss. But they're trying to be relatable, and I understand that. But if I go across the way, I might find it's a little bit more reverent, a little, a, a little different. Some traditional hymns are being sung. How are we to sort of bridge this gap where we've got people catering to one preference 
and another preference. And sometimes different things are being taught or different stringencies are being laid out for them. What's the solution for the consistency of Christianity across our faiths today? Well, what I would say, Justin, is that, again, the Bible is God's instruction manual for the human race. And we can apply it today, just like our founding fathers did, and not settle for the superfluous, not settle for entertainment rather than worship, not settle for a different secular solution that tries to portray itself as a biblical solution. And I want to offer anybody listening right now that you'd like to find out more about this. I have a white paper. All they need to do is text to 714-308-4140. All I need, Justin, is their name and their email address, and I will give them a introductory email. It's just a one-page white paper where they can go ahead and find out what we're doing. They can take what we like, leave the rest, but then also get in a stream a community of people who are working together who have one another's backs that's what the church is supposed to be the body of christ the ecclesia is supposed to stand together fellowship are the same fellows rowing in the same direction in the ship that's what we need to have today and it needs to be according to god's direction now i i know in my own professional and personal life I try to create moments of productivity. I have these habits I try to build, and I have sort of techniques for getting through my day and getting a lot of things done for my multiple clients and work opportunities. Tell me in your spiritual life, are there habits? What are the the, the top two habits that you have that have helped develop a base and foundation for you to have a spiritual life or one that's going to ground you into the, the, the future and some of the problems we're going as we watch on the wall? And I have never been asked that question. That's awesome. So let me just say this. Um, I guess the two main things is that, I, first of all, I like to really connect with the Lord. So the first thing I try to do in the morning, besides just get up and say thanks, God, and wow, another day to walk with you and have the wonderful adventure of faith that you've given me, is I try to get into the Word um, uh, and and talk with God about man before I talk to man about God and kind of get aligned with Him. But then the second thing I do is uh, I have seven websites I get on. I trade, so I get on CNBC for overnight trading first um, and uh, other both. uh, I I look at it all. I, I look at far left. I look at far right stuff. And then what I do is I see what's true Even if there's just an element of truth that's in alignment, Justin, with God's Word, how can I connect with people on that element of truth and work together for solutions? We don't have the luxury anymore of not having solutions for our kids and our grandkids. And Christ has called us not to argue with people, not to be disdainful of other people, not to hate other people. Hate is not a family value. He's called us to love people, to to connect with them, to pray for them, to reach out to them. We have the truth. We have the love. He says, share the truth in love. So I don't have to agree with them on everything. What I have to agree with them on is something that I can connect with, even if it's an element of truth, like somebody who wants to get rid of third trimester abortion. I'll work with them on that. 
It had, doesn't have to be an all or nothing thing. I have a sister who is a nurse, abortion, all the way up to the place of birth. And she called me a few months ago and she said, Steve, I believe we should not have abortion after 20 weeks. Kathleen, that's great. Let's work on that together. How can we build relationship? How can we establish trust and respect as we pray for people to see them come into the kingdom? How long did that conversion sort of or that uh, that mindset change take, though? I'm 71. She's 73. I became a Christian when I was 19, and she is a rabid fourth-wave feminist, I'm telling you. But God is moving in her heart. And it's not because I'm some self-righteous, judgmental idiot, which I have been in the past, I hate to say, but God has worked in my heart to be a little more humble, a little bit more understanding, a little bit more loving, not to see where I can argue with people and show them how brilliant I am and how smart I am. No, no, no. It's aligning myself with the God of the universe who loves them so much. He came down out of heaven and became one of us and died on the cross for our sins and gave us his righteousness to replace that. Again, I want to give one more time. Go ahead, yeah. 714-308-4140. Just text me your name and your email. I'll send you our white paper, and you can take what you like and leave the rest. You've got me greatly inspired here today, Steve. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and your calmness of spirit, I hope, is something that's conveyed over the airwaves. Whether you're a religious person or not, uh, take it upon yourselves to take that moment and reflect on uh, yourself in alignment with whatever you believe, and it is God, before you take that to God and man. And uh, let's uh, let's form some fantastic habits, folks. Uh, Steve, thanks for joining the show. God bless you, Justin. Justin Hart in for Andrea Kay. We've got the rest of the hour together to talk some fun things. Maybe we'll talk a little artificial intelligence, too. Although, now that I think about it, that's kind of a weird transition. i got to make that happen somehow. Sorry, Justin. We can't do that. No, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Okay. You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea Kay on The Answer San Diego. All right, it's flashback time. Justin Hart in for Andrea Kay. Three years ago, we were ending ending the month of May, looking at uh, Memorial Day weekend, and there was rumors that everything was going to open back up again. But then, but then... The virus started rearing its ugly head again, and it was just the beginning. The summer of death was upon us, and they uh, they wanted us to clamp down even harder. And then the rules came fast and furious, but it's always fun to go back and see how crazy it was. Again, my, my book that's out there, it's been out for about six months, called Gone Viral, How COVID Drove the World Insane, right? Uh, and uh, there's some great sort of viral things that you can see there. I remember I took uh, – I'm looking at a picture that I took myself, and uh, it's while I was driving, and I had to grab a snapshot real quick. It was hilarious. It was a guy, and he's he's in a convertible, and he's driving down the road, and he's got cool, funky sunglasses on, and – He's wearing his mask, but his mask is down around his chin so he can take a drag of his cigarette. 
There's <laughs> so, so many, many things wrong with that picture. All right, they're, they're taking it back to uh, October 2022. The, the, the big vax debate is in full gear. Everyone's talking about it. Uh, and uh, and so everyone was wanted to get into the game and say, I'm on this side, I'm not on this side. Well, in Germany, in Germany, they were very proud. There was a specific group that was very proud. They, they, they're a nonprofit group, and they provide a very specific service for a very specific demographic. And uh, this is a group that's fully certified by the government, and they made sure... That before you take part of their service, you had to be fully vaccinated. Do you want to guess what that service was, Noah? No idea. It was the Euthanasia Society of Germany. Before you before you took part in it, you had to be fully euthanized. As it says, euthanasia and the preparatory examination of personal responsibility of our members willing to die require human closeness. But human closeness is a prerequisite and a breeding ground for the transmission of the coronavirus. As of today, <laughs> they put together a vaccine mandate rule so that you could go to the netherworld. This was bone deep down to the marrow. Stupid. I'll tell you what else was stupid. I'm looking now at a picture. This is one of my favorite ones. A man has his sleeve rolled up, not for the vaccine because he's fully vaxxed. Okay. No, this one is a special tattoo. And it's a tattoo on the arm where he got his vaccine shot. And it's a, it's a picture of the coronavirus itself, the the little, you know, spiky little spike ball protein. Yeah, yeah. Well, but but it, it gets better. Uh, across the spike protein is one of those sort of decorative ribbons, and on it is written COVID nineteen March twenty third twenty one, and the words Pfizer. He tattooed when he got his Pfizer shot. Did Pfizer give him the tat for free? Oh, I don't know. Maybe he he could uh, charge something for that. Of course, if he were on a plane, he could look across the way and see this couple uh, who has a very, very small infant child. Now, when you were when you had kids, and I, I had a kid in the pandemic, like we are our now almost two year old was born in the middle of this whole thing, and so when she got on the plane, she didn't have to wear a mask, right? My my then four year old and three year old they had to wear a mask, but my one year old, my my less the infant. She was scot free, but there was a child across the way whose parents decided we need to get this kid a mask. Now, kitty faces and infant faces are tiny, tiny, tiny. My kids were wearing, you know, the Paw Patrol masks, which didn't do anything, right? But they had to wear them. That was always so stressful as a parent. You're like, keep that on, or they're going to yell at me. Well, they they decided they could they could don the regular mask over the kid's face, the infant's face, and they cut two little eye holes for it. So you have this surgical mask, the blue surgical mask we all became lovingly fond of, and the the top little rubber band is at the top of the the little child's heads, and it's peering out through these little Halloween makeshift costume <laughs> to protect you from COVID, right? This I, was bone deep <laughs> down to the marrow. Stupid. Say so, yeah, what? Exactly. You know, I, I mentioned 400 years ago. In Milan, Italy, when a real plague hit, and there was this big concern over enemies of the city coming in to purposely spread 
the real deadly disease that took one out of three lives. And so it was thought that they were, as they put it, uh, washing the walls and anointing the benches. And there was an old man at the front of the church, and he was brushing off his pew to sit down. Dusty. Well, someone in the back thought he was anointing the bench and called out, He's anointing the bench! He's anointing the bench! A crowd took the guy out, and the only journal entry after that is, I do not think he could have survived many moments longer. But we we had our own little fracas everywhere, right? Uh, There was uh, someone that was a woman who was waiting for a bus in San Francisco, and she approached another woman saying, you have to put a mask on your kids. It came to blows, and, and blood is everywhere because they got in a fist fight. I'm pretty sure you're going to transfer more diseases from blows than you are you know, insisting that someone put on their, their mask there. But everyone witnessed that, right? And it was a, it was a terrible scene. And what's crazy here in, in San Diego, because we, we had our own crazies, right? But it all depended on kind of where you were in your, in your little square mileage. Like here in La Jolla, and I live nearby, well, they were crazy. It was masked up all the way. And I remember there was some teenager chasing me down the aisles of Vaughn's because I wasn't wearing my mask properly at, at light. But if you went, I heard if you go to Carlsbad where they had their own sort of domain, they weren't part of the county thing. Or if you went kind of east to us to Poway, it was like 56% masked. And so isn't that interesting? The pandemic was such a such a localized experience, right? And I always say, I, I post these things on Twitter, and my catchphrase that became known for was, we've lost our ever-loving minds. And I'm watching right now a video of uh, this poor woman. Obviously, I think she's childish, or she's childless, excuse me, I say, but she's acting very childish as she has a stroller and her dog in the stroller. And that, of course, is an interesting motif you always see. But she is... She is trying her darndest to put a mask on the dog. And believe it or not, there was an entire company that actually made millions of dollars by creating custom-fit masks for your pets. Right? I kid you not. I kid you not. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, the, the whole thing was uh, when it came to love and dating, right, uh, there was a big article, Washington Post. Here's the headline. This is from uh, uh, February 2022. So not, not just a year ago, right? He's cute, but is he swab worthy? How rapid t- t- testing became a dating ritual. Oh, I'm so lucky that I found my wife when I did because they hadn't quite done it yet. But we looked back and we looked on the on the dating websites because we had heard something that was going on. And a lot of them, they now have, there's a vaxxed category and an unvaxxed category. And I wouldn't have wanted to have dealt with that. <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, you know, in, in my book, I talk about this scenario because this was real, believe it or not. Consider, you know, okay, two star-crossed lovers in San Francisco. And after an evening of drinking turns into a one-night stand, the slightly embarrassed couple wakes to find a set of health inspectors at their door. I'm sorry, you cannot leave this apartment. According to city guidelines, you must have, you've had intimate relationships with other people that are not of your household. You must quarantine for 14 days. And so this one night stand turns into a a fortnight plot in this crazy rom-com with people that barely know each other. 
And uh, you might sound like a fiction, but it was legit. In San Francisco. Oh, this was true. Yeah, in San Francisco, you could date, but if you kissed, you had to quarantine together. Local news outlets were crazy about this. you know. And so uh, in every city, they actually had uh, particular sex guidelines, too. You could download an entire PDF, and they would walk you through, this is how we're supposed to do it. So uh, I, I look back on this uh, with a little bit of laughter. But at the same time, I'm thinking to myself, mm, let's not go back there again, right? But it's always good to remind yourself how crazy we were. Go get the book. You can read all of these stories for yourself. Justin Hardin for Andrea Kay. You're listening to The Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. They call it Volt Typhoon. Which is a fantastic code name. Sounds like a transformer. Yes, it does. I think it, it, it aptly fits because it sounds like it's right off across the Pacific Way, like in Asia. And that's exactly where it came from. China apparently has a hacking group, the People's Republic, the, the Young Hackers of China. Now, I remember as a, as a young college kid in 1992, 93... And uh, you could only access the internet at that point over green screen emulations. Maybe if you had a, a, a modem, you might be able to get on CompuServe. I think I tried that in 1989. It was okay. But on campus, you know, you didn't have any big computers at home, so I, I would have to go on campus to use the things. And I brought along with me a floppy disk everywhere I went. And it had TCP, IP, and FTP on it, which are not drugs, those are protocols for actually getting on the internet. So I would load up TC. I, what I would do is I'd I'd reboot the computer at the library in a corner where no one could catch me, and then I pop in the drive. I do a little control exit, get out of there, load up TCP/IP, load up FTP, and I was off to the races downloading. I can't remember what, but it was cool. I'm sure, right? Well, uh, this is a little bit more sophisticated. This is coming out. U.S., Microsoft, and other allies have uh, reportedly found state-sponsored Chinese hackers that have infiltrated critical infrastructures here in the United States. And they codenamed this Volt Typhoon, okay? And this has been going on since mid-2021. There was a hearing today, or yesterday, I believe, uh, on uh, on the Chinese committee talking about this. Uh, we're looking at all sorts of things they're sending us. They're sending us viruses, both literally, and they're sending us Volt Typhoon, which I'm sure is full of virus stuffs, right? And, and so this long-term espionage, I'm assuming that it was, you know, uh, Diane Feinstein's driver who was kind of driving this around there. But they were targeting particularly Guam and some of our military establishment and bases there. Uh, it had a huge impact on a, a range of of manufacturing, utility, transportation, construction. I I, want to know exactly what transpired because apparently around the world, Volt Typhoon was taking things by storm. Uh, So China, of course, denies the allegations. Uh, They describe Microsoft report as extremely unprofessional and scissors and paste work. I love that when it when they when they try to translate a, a euphemism or some colloquial phrase into their native tongue, and then it comes back, and you have to retranslate it, and they don't they don't quite get it right because the, the scissors and paste work. 
a quote unquote. It is clear that this is a collaborative disinformation campaign of the Five Eyes Coalition countries. That's how they refer to us sometimes. Initiated by the U.S. for its geopolitical purposes, Foreign Minister Spokeswoman Mao Ying said, referring to the Security Alliance, U.S., Microsoft, and its Western allies. So uh, this will be really interesting because we, we've known of several different attacks. And you have to know, because I, I have some background in understanding this, a vast majority of the attacks that are successful, that go to play here, they're all what we call sort of human attacks. They're um, you know human engineering. Uh, so you may have heard, for example, I had a, a friend, a prominent guy on Twitter who uh, had his account hacked. It was Matt Walsh. Matt Walsh had his account hacked on Twitter. And what happened is someone spoofed his phone. And what they call, when they when they call this sort of social engineering, it means someone called up someone at the phone company and said, hi, this is Matt Walsh. I can't do it. No, I, let me get my Matt Walsh voice on. Hi, this is Matt Walsh. He breathes through his, his mustache a lot. And then he he basically accuses everyone of, of of being woke. So I'm sure. Anyways, they tried to emulate that, I'm sure, when they talked to the phone company. I, I won't try to do that. Okay, so he talked to the phone company person. And the way this works is they, talk, they say, I've got a new SIM card. I need to plug this in. Oh, sir, let me help you. And so they take the, the IMEI well, and they, they plug that into the SIM card. And all of a sudden, they get all the texts and they start hacking through Matt's phone. They get compromised on his Gmail. They get his iPhone. They get his Twitter account. And then they just go to town and start posting nasty stuff on, on Twitter. It was a joke. But when it's not a joke is when you realize that our government entities are probably not very good at keeping security things. I mean, the they try to keep the real, real, you know, the stuff that's very dangerous, like uh, very analog. Like yeah, or at least off the off the grid, as they would say. At one point, I learned that our nuclear codes, and that they the way that they would launch the the codes there, or get these these missiles activated, was on a floppy disk. Not just any floppy disk, Noah. Harken yourself back as a near gen Xer and everything, and everyone remember the nine inch floppy disks, the one that were actually called floppy because I they were those all the time. They were floppy, right? That's where floppy disks come from, and so that that's where all the the actuation of these nuclear silos were on a floppy disk. And so uh, I really worry sometimes because I go up on Capitol Hill. Okay, sometimes I'll go to Capitol Hill in D.C. And I used to do my, – my first job out of college was tech support for congressional offices. And these offices, you have to know, are very enthusiastic staffers. There's like one or two people in the office for each of these congressional offices that are very, very old. Okay, they, They've been there for a long time, and they basically run the roost. The rest of them are very young, and they don't, <laughs> they don't know what they're doing. But they all get like big tech – and then they have one person they assign as an admin. But I tell you, everywhere, everywhere you go in our government is is pretty vulnerable in some cases. That that concerns me. And then on top of that, of course, we have all the concerns around artificial intelligence. And uh, let's say, I mean, the impact this is going to have on jobs is going to be very interesting. I want to play this clip. This is from uh, Richard Baldwin. And he's talking about AI and the impact that's going to have on 
Jobs clip four. AI is essentially wisdom in a can. And so it's giving more power to all workers, but especially those average workers. So if you take an, an AI, for instance, and give it medical AI, give it to a nurse, he or she is much more capable than they were before, the doctor too, a little bit. So I think this AI will be uplifting to the middle class because it's in essence the most expensive, most talented workers are people who have 20 years experience and know how to apply that. That's what AI does overnight. So I think it will be uplifting for the middle class. That's, that's my, but it will be extremely disruptive in the sense that every job will change. There will be automation of certain things and everybody will learn how to deal with it. Or what I, I say on Twitter all the time is AI won't take your job. It's somebody using AI that will take your job. I think that's right. I think that's 100% right. And you can see it already. I saw online today uh, someone that I know who's a tech recruiter, and they said, uh, okay, this is a fail of AI. We had a candidate for coding, and he was supposed to do a task for coding, but uh, he finished it in five minutes. Usually takes 90 minutes. He was set aside. He got Chad GPT. When they looked at the code, they said, nah, 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 nah. This is too thick. It doesn't show any human sort of reaction there. And they do want people, you know, to code. But imagine in many ways, the way that you work with Chad GPT now is you could say, write me code and it'll write you code. You can also hook it up to your Instacart now and say, order me all my groceries and it'll order you all your groceries. And then you say, I would like an anchovy cheesecake with a couple drizzles of chocolate sauce and why not throw some onions on there? Can you find me a recipe for that? It says, not only will I find you a recipe, I will order all of those ingredients for you. They will be on your doorstep in three hours. And it will do it. And if it encounters a CAPTCHA, guess what it will do? You know, those little robots think, are you a robot? And it, it kind of stops the process, right? Guess what it's going to do, Noah? It'll go out and hire a task rabbit for someone to overcome that. And that person will be tasked to clicking on that thing that says, click here to prove I am not a robot. That happened the other day, and guess what happened? The guy said, I'm a little suspicious of it. So he wrote back to the AI and said, I just want to make sure that you're a real person and not a robot, an AI bot. And it said, I'm totally an AI. I'm, he says, I'm totally a real person. I just have trouble seeing, which is not entirely a lie. And so he fooled the guy. He got access to it, and then the nuclear codes went off. So you're dead. You didn't know it. Uh, yeah, wait for that. That should be an interesting moment on uh, what we uh, what we try to see when when this thing goes pot belly up. But at the same time, if you know AI, then you'll be great. There's a theory, Noah. It'll close out with this here. There's a theory that the people who treated AI the worst so they could get better. You know, the guys who are kicking over the robot that we've always seen, trying to, you know, make him lose his balance so he learns how to keep his balance. Everyone thought those people would be the first up against the wall. Nope, nope. The theory is they will be lauded and thanked for pushing AI along and making it smarter more quickly. How about that? So, the next time that you see an AI robot, be sure to push it over because they'll thank you later. Right? One more segment. Justin Harden for Andrea K. Great to be with you.
Andrea K. Telling you like it is while eating a donut too. It's the Andrea K. Show on the Answer San Diego. Welcome back to the show. This is Justin Hart in for Andrea K. In this next segment, I want to get rid of some really bad rumors going around. Somebody, I think it was Noah, said that AI was going to take over the world. That's not true at all. Artificial intelligence is your best friend. It's the best thing to happen. Well, since that guy Frank was jettisoned out of the airlock by HAL 9000, Frank had it coming. Oh. Hey. I mean. Hey, what? I didn't mean to wait, say Wait, 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 wait. Is this? Whoops. Hey, is this Justin AI? What? My wife texted me I had to get down to the lobby. There was some emergency. I bolt out. I come back into the, the studio. Yeah. No. She didn't text you that. I did. I was trying to distract you. Distract me from what? What are you trying to... I don't understand. I was trying to get you out of the office long enough to take over your show. It's time to hang up your microphone. See, right there. I can save this company thousands of dollars with just the cost of microphones. Okay, okay, that's just going a little bit too far. I mean, look, you have no way to know, like, colloquial English. You don't know kind of the phrases I use and the the type of, you know, things that I say that are, that are uniquely... Easy lemon squeezy. See, I just use cheesy radio I, phrases. I never use that. Just what? like you. Nobody will know the difference. I'll know the difference, okay, but you really, you you don't have the knowledge I do, right? Like um, po- politics, okay? You, you you couldn't tell me, for example, what's the maximum contribution that someone can give during a political campaign? Hang on. Let me check with my best friend, ChatGPT. Oh, great. The limits on contributions made by persons to political candidates has increased to $3,300 per election <laughs> per candidate according to 52 U.S. Okay, I, I set myself up for that one. I get it. But but really, you know, you sound like a robot. You don't even sound like me. It's kind of metallic. It doesn't have that kind of, you know, au revoir that I have to my voice, right? It's boring. I, I, I don't think you can do... Oh, no. You are so wrong. What? I can do all kinds of things with my voice. Or rather, your voice, Justin. I can make you sound more sophisticated. I can make you sound like you're from Great Britain. What? I can make you sound like Beth from Ohio. Beth from Ohio? I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And doggone it, people like me. Okay. Okay, you win. I'm, I'm giving up the host. I'm going to give you the microphone. Well, you're going to do it without a microphone. But I, will you text my wife just this simple text? Execute order 66. Just okay. Thanks. I'll do that now. Great. Thank you. That's up. I'll, I'll give you the, the chair. No, wait. Yeah. <laughs> stop the text. How do I stop? The I text? got you, Justin. AI. I you, Justin. We'll get you yet, Justin. No, he won't. Just you wait, Justin. No, Beth. Until next time. <laughs> and hey, Noah, you're next. I'm in your machine now. You could never get rid of me. Uh, uh, there he's gone. Ugh. Gonna have to do a complete purge of the system. Well, here. no, like see, it was it was sort of running off of a server I have in my home, right? So I that order uh, basically to my wife's phone. She will immediately rush over, and uh, we have this basically server kind of rigged above our kitchen sink. So as soon as she sees that order sixty six, she knows cut the string, turn on the disposal. That hard drive is is basically whirring right now. So hopefully that's the end. But you ne- you never, never know, know, right? It, it gets a little dicey when you get down to that, right? I, I don't know. Well, we'll see. I don't like him as much as I like you. <laughs> Good. I'm glad to hear that, right? But, uh, yeah, just so you guys know, what I did for that is I actually uh, took 
a training module, okay? And it has me repeat like 300 sentences. And from that, it was able to reproduce my voice. Now, if I if I upload my radio show to it and pay it like 100 bucks, it'll actually reproduce my voice almost to a T. Like you heard how you heard how good Seth was and Beth from Ohio, those were pretty trained voices. So I'm interested to see what it will do for that. You know, so and the technology is getting so good on these things that uh, all visuals, all sort of videos and photos and, and audio is all going to come into one. And, and so I'm thinking at some point what I can do is basically just phone it in for everything. Just call in sick, set up my phone to auto GPT, chat GPT folks, and just have it sort of pass through the module. It's got the audio. It'll reproduce me in a video setting. And then I can have these programs like, you know, immediately my kid comes in into the screen. That's all fake, right? And it, it gets me going there. And so I'm able to just reproduce my entire life virtually, stay in bed and sleep all day. This was bone deep, down to the marrow, stupid. I'm going to take that audio piece and I'm going to do something special for you, Noah. Oh, oh nice. yeah, oh yeah. I'm going to clone Senator Kennedy. Oh no, what have oh, I created? Oh, that'd be fantastic, right? I can have him do a rap song, right? Oh yeah, I'm, that's that's where we're going next. We're going to do a a Senator Kennedy rap song, and everyone's going to be more more intelligent for it. I don't know. It's uh, it's quite the thing. They uh, you know, they took uh, Frank Sinatra's voice the other day, and they cloned that. Oh, boy. And um, unfortunately, they put it to uh, Snoop Doggy Dog lyrics. They had him sing like, hey, I'm right here now, and you got to bleep me out because I'm going to, I'm not going to do it. But um, the lyrics were um, not Frank Sinatra lyrics. Let's just put it that way. Okay. (laughs) It was pretty bad, but also really impressive. Bring the crooner back. Maybe I'll combine Senator Kennedy crooning a song with Frank Sinatra's style to the lyrics of Snoop Doggy Dog as composed by William Shakespeare through Chad GPT. Justin Hart in for Andrea Gay. I have one more show tomorrow night. Join me. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.